Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's go to North Carolina, all right? A state where we are safe from all this fry nonsense. And I mean, Will Pelagic, host of Football Postgame on WFNZ in Charlotte, also a member of the Pro Football Writers Association. Will, good morning to you. What, what we, We've talked about for some reason. We've talked about Bojangles. I think that's because Bryce Young mm-hmm. has a sponsorship deal with Bojangles. I'm staying away from Burger King in that area. What's your favorite fast food joint out of curiosity? So, so it's it's funny you mentioned the North versus South Carolina. I actually do live on the South Carolina side of the line, uh, just outside of oh. Charlotte, just because the border the border is like right there. So uh, I I do live in in what's a city called Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is ironically yeah. where the Panthers were planning on training uh, for a couple of years, but uh, didn't necessarily get that deal across the line. But I'm a big Bojangles fan. I, I love Bojangles. No, nothing hits like a four piece Supremes and some mac and cheese and some heavily seasoned fries like. I'm very, 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 very bullish on Bojangles. Good man. Good man. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. That's okay. So I have to ask you this first before we get into the Carolina Panthers. And I think we have this audio. You you know this. I'm telling you something you already know that one of your calls for Charlotte FC, you also do play-by-play for soccer, went viral not too long ago. So take a listen to this incredible call of yours that just took the internet by storm. Vargas in the area, still with it on the right side, stepping over, sending it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Svidersky. One touch, he scores! Another one for Svidersky! And that one was more impressive than the first! That is amazing. That is that is a Mariah Carey level of raising the <laughs> octave of your voice. So what was that like when all that attention came to you when you got so excited about that goal? Michael, it was incredible. Um, I, I think in the initial outset of it, you know, the, the club usually shares our stuff long time after the fact. For some reason, they they shared it during the game for the first time, which I really love because it, it put a lot of extra attention on it. But I think yeah. initially some of the comments were uh, somewhat mean and hurtful because it, it felt like, you know, they were poking fun of my voice and calling me Mickey Mouse and things of that nature. But then as it kind of turned after going to sleep, it, it just kind of exploded. And uh, the reaction became a lot more positive and, and they loved the enthusiasm. And like everybody from all regions of the world commented on it from like England to Scotland, uh, Central America, South America. I think even Russell Brand on his podcast talked about it. So uh, it, it was oh, nuts. And uh, 
publicity that I couldn't pay for. It was incredible. Right. That kind of exposure is awesome. So now my question is, do we think that the Carolina Panthers are going to deserve that type of hype and exposure and the viralness that was surrounding that call? Because I'll say this, they do have some good pieces to work with this season, namely the shiny new quarterback from the University of Alabama, Bryce Young, coming into the fold. Uh, we know he is a little shorter in stature, but listen, if he wasn't smaller, I think he would be a shoe-in, you know, as the best quarterback in this draft class. So what do you think the ceiling is? Let's start with the positives for the Carolina Panthers. What do you think the ceiling is for this team? I think the ceiling for this team, honestly, is a, a solid playoff appearance and an ability to win the division. Because I just, you look at the NFC South, I'm not very impressed with what's around there. And, and I honestly think that Bryce Young, given everything that's around this division, could be the best quarterback in this division by the time the season's over. And I think that's more of an indication of how poor this division is from a quarterback standpoint when you think the only real competition there is Derek Carr. I'm not the biggest Desmond Ritter fan. We saw what Baker Mayfield was here in Carolina last year, and uh, what's left of him is now in Tampa Bay. I think the only concerns from a Panthers standpoint are the durability of Bryce because of the size, as you mentioned, Chelsea. And I also feel like the lack of a number one wide receiver on the offensive side, I think, is the one thing you look at and say could be a detriment. But I almost think that can be a positive, too, because there isn't a ball-dominant, diva-esque wide receiver that he's got to get the ball to. All he can focus on is you know, finding the open man. And I think the addition, too, of Miles Sanders also helps, too, because you need a running game behind a young quarterback to try and set the tone. And this offensive line last year took massive steps from what they'd been over the course of the past previous years. I really think that this offense is set up for success. On the defensive side, I still feel kind of a little wary about the pass rush opposite Brian Burns. The corner depth took a big hit with the injury of J.C. Horn during the offseason. Expect him to be back at the start of training camp, but also kind of exposed some warts that were also exposed last year when both he and Dante Jackson went down. So I wouldn't mind adding another corner. Wouldn't mind adding another pass rusher before training camp is out. But I like this team as it sits right now. We're talking with Will Pelagic, host of Football Postgame on WFNZ Charlotte and member of the Pro Football Writers Association. Follow him on Twitter at Willie P. Style. Since you mentioned defense, I did want to ask you about the addition of defensive coordinator Ejero Averro from the Broncos, which I feel like hasn't gotten enough attention. And, and I understand why everyone focuses on Bryce Young. I totally get that. But when you talk about defense and what Averro did with the Broncos last season, you have to feel good if you're a Panthers fan about a guy who you know is going to take the best pieces in those defense and put them in a position to win. I really like this move. And they're going from a 4-3 to 3-4 as well. Yeah, that's the part that I think, I don't want to say concerns me, but I think there will be a bit of a learning curve at the beginning mm -hmm. of this, Michael, because of the fact that, you know, you have a lot of pieces that worked in the 4-3. That There was one piece in uh, Yitor Grosmatos who was kind of a fringe defensive end, and people thought he could make a breakout. He's one of those guys who's not necessarily making the, the transition well from 4-3 to 3-4. So that's part of the reason why my concern is that they really don't have the prototypical rush end on the other side of Brian Burns to try and compliment him on the other side. So there are some pieces like that, but I also think there are also great pieces that will go great in that 3-4 uh, scheme. I think Derek Brown 
prototypes as somebody who is just a, a perfect 3-4 defensive end. I think he's somebody who, when you put your foot in the ground and get him on the outside with his agility, I think he's much more adept at doing that than playing a nose. I think they brought in Shy Tuttle to play that nose well for them as well. So I think he's somebody who you look at and say can have a breakout as well coming over from New Orleans. And I think one of the more underrated additions of this defense that people aren't talking enough about is the addition of Von Bell. Vaughn's yeah. going to do great in the secondary for them. And I think it also frees up Jeremy Chin to be more of that roper. We had seen under Phil Snow, Jeremy Chin play a lot more center field, not necessarily being out there uh, in space close to the line of scrimmage. He'll be able to be more of a rover like he was during his rookie season. And I think that'll definitely give the Panthers more of that playmaking aspect that they've been lacking from him. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how Evero can kind of unlock Chin from that perspective. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so I think some people look at the Panthers and they say, okay, this is probably a mediocre team. But each team does not exist on an island. It also depends on the division they play in and also their strength of schedule. You look at those two factors, I feel like the Panthers play in a very winnable division this year. And also, I'm looking, they have the fourth easiest schedule this year. I'm looking at a lot of these games, and it feels like there's a ton of winnable games for the Panthers this year. So... Are you willing to take a risk on the Panthers to win, to go to the playoffs or take a look at their win total? It's seven and a half, which seems, you know, probably right for what the Panthers have put out on the field over the past few years. But this schedule looks pretty easy. I wouldn't hate the win total number, Chelsea. I wouldn't hate the Panthers reaching the playoffs because I think that reaching the playoffs in this division is incredibly doable. And I think you Mm -hmm. look at the division, you know, who are you – who are you afraid of other than maybe New Orleans? I mean, New Orleans roster has basically, they probably had the best roster construction of anybody in this division over the course of the last five years, but they've kind of paid the price for some salary cap issues that they've had over the course of the last couple of years, kicking the can down the road. The depth in that roster is not what it has been. And you're also going on a leap of faith on Derek Carr, who is trying to resurrect his career and Dennis Allen, who I don't believe just as a head coach, I don't, I think he's a great coordinator. I don't believe mm-hmm. in him as a head coach. I think that Tampa is in a strong, you know, like hibernating type rebuild 
They do have a lot of pieces on that roster, but I'm not picking them to win the division. And I think right now Atlanta and Carolina are kind of in that arms race to try and figure out who's next in this division. I think Atlanta made some great strides over the offseason. I think the addition of Bijan Robinson is something that I feel like is not talked about enough in the league is something that could be a shrewd move and be something that could be very much a boon for them with a lot of the other pieces like Drake London that they have from their skill position. I think their offensive line is still a work in progress. And I think that defense still needs some work, but I still feel like in terms of part and parcel, who wins this division, I still say Carolina can, because I think they, they have enough of a core left back from a group that was literally one game away from winning the division a year ago, granted with an under 500 record, but I think they have a lot of that motivation, and they were just a quarterback away. Now they have that guy in Bryce Young. Well, we've got about three minutes here, but why is Frank Wright the right guy for this job? And I'm not questioning him being the right guy because Chelsea really likes him. I'm a big fan of Frank Reich, and it feels like now they have a little bit more stability than they did under Matt Rule. Well, I, I think you go back more to what he did in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz and the fact that he was able to mm-hmm. make him into a Super Bowl appearance guy. Again, I know that Foles was kind of the guy at the end there in that one year, but I think having the ability to choose his own quarterback as a rookie, as a head coach, I think that's the thing you look at and say, this will differentiate him here versus what happened in Indianapolis. I think uh, whether it was by his own admission or by a forced admission from Jim Irsay, they forced a lot of retreads on him from a rookie, uh, from a, a veteran quarterback perspective. I think he now has the ability to mold his guy. And I also think the biggest thing you mentioned, uh, Ajiro Averro, the staff that he's built around him is one of the best staffs I've seen a new coach build around him in years. Uh, Deuce Staley is somebody who I know got a lot of uh, love on hard knocks last year. He's somebody as the assistant head coach who's going to be a real, real asset for him. I love Thomas Brown. I followed him when he was at South Carolina and he just has had a a complete rise over the course of the last couple of years to be the offensive coordinator in in Los Angeles and and done really, really well there. I love uh, the addition of Andy of, uh, excuse me, of Josh McCown as the quarterback coach. So from that aspect, I think he's very much somebody who can be an adult in the room mentioned Andy Dalton as well. He can do that very much Mm -hmm. kind of as a coach inside that quarterback room and and plenty of other guys, even Dom Capers, who was the first head coach of this franchise. He's in here too now as well. Uh, He was Frank Reich's head coach. So as a result, and Jim Caldwell's another one. I mean, they've got, they've got more dudes with coaching experience on this roster than have been here in any of the last two regimes. So it's incredible to see that staff be built by Frank Reich. He's got a lot of smart football people around him. And I think that will very much take some of the pressure off him so that he can be that CEO. He can still call plays now. He's thinking he's going to call plays here at the beginning, but he has made no mistake about wanting to maybe relinquish that duty to Thomas Brown as he goes over the first couple of years. He is the host of Football Post Game on WFNZ in Charlotte. and had that fantastic play-by-play call as the play-by-play man of Charlotte FC. It is our friend, Will Pelagic. Will, always good to see you, and thank you for the insight. We appreciate it. I know it's close to football season when I'm talking to you guys. Always great to join you. Yeah, absolutely, man. We will do it again. I love that. That is a great call. I don't care what anybody says. When you have pure joy and excitement, I mean, play-by-play is is more difficult than I think any job in journalism or at least under the, the sports casting umbrella. So whenever you have a call like that where you're just emanating like the excitement of the moment, I love stuff like that. So good for him for going viral. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.